Hi, this is Melissa Omaña Paredes, and you're listening to Vibe 105. Vibe Talks. Vibe Talks. More than just music. Hey, everybody. This is John Carlo Alino and Aaron Zareski reporting for Vibe 105 with a sports Vibe Talk segment where we're happy to be joined by our guest today. She is a beach volleyball player and she represented Canada this past summer at the Olympics in Tokyo. She's also represented York U in the past. She is Melissa Humana Paredes. How are you doing, Melissa? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Just mentioning there, uh, beach volleyball, you were representing Canada at the Olympics there in Tokyo. Uh, just what was that experience like for you, especially after the Olympics were delayed from 2020? I think it was a range of emotions. I think, obviously, immense amount of gratitude for everyone who allowed the games to go on. Um, you know, especially all the Japanese volunteers and the Japanese Olympic Committee. They put in so much time, effort and resources to allow the games to happen. So I think um, there was a sense of relief that we were finally there after a year of postponement and even talk of cancellations. While we were training, it was always just in the back of your mind. You're like, are we actually going to be able to do this thing? And so to be able to finally go through with it was, yeah, we're just really grateful and thankful that we had that opportunity. It's always an honor to represent Canada, but especially at the Olympic Games in such a high magnitude. That's a really special moment. But then also... It wasn't quite the same games that you always dreamed of as a kid, honestly, right? Because um, because of COVID, there were a lot of restrictions. So, it, you know, it, it was a little bit more subdued than maybe what you saw on TV and, and playing in front of, you know, an empty stadium was was bittersweet as well because, you know, we thrive off that energy. And so, um, and you really want the sport to, to shine and to have people witness it and be there in person. So uh, definitely a range of emotions, but overall, you know, always, always an honor being there and representing such an amazing country. Um, and it was my first Olympic games, not my last, hopefully knock on wood. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, just a lot, a lot to, to, to decompress on and, and to process for sure. And, uh, like, so as you were competing right in the Olympics, like, you know, obviously there were no fans in the stands and you said you feed off that. But as the games are going on, like, did you feel that? Like, did you have to, like, start motivating yourself or mm-hmm. to, you know, since you couldn't feed off the crowd? Yeah, honestly, um, I didn't notice it that much. And I think um, it's, it's more just the first few seconds where you walk into the stadium and, you know, you kind of expect this roar when they introduce you. And then it's just there's nobody in the stands and the stands are so big. Like they're grand. Like they just go up and there's so many seats there and there's nobody in them. Um, I think that kind of hits you differently, but then once the game's going really, you know, at least for me and my team, we're just very in the moment. We're very focused and we're not thinking about, Oh no, there's nobody here cheering. Um, It kind of makes you more dialed into being in the moment and to process each task and each skill that you should be doing and executing. So um, after the first few minutes, you just kind of, you kind of forget that the stands are empty um, and yeah, you just play, you're just there and you're focused, you're there to do a job. So ultimately that's kind of what we train to do. And I think my team specifically, like my partner and I, I think we're really good at self-motivating and feeding off each other for energy and creating that own energy ourselves. Um, So I think, yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as bad probably as uh, as it seemed um, in the media or something. Okay, and uh, just what was the experience like though, like being in Tokyo, having to go through all those COVID protocols because I'm sure it was so strict, right? Like yeah. you know, getting there and like leading up to uh, to your games. 
it was again, it was kind of, it was different. Yeah. It didn't really feel um, like the Olympic games that we dreamed of, but we were all very prepared going into the Olympics, knowing what to expect. You know, the Canadian Olympic committee did a great job um, keeping us all aware and telling us, you know, what the situation was going to look like and what the protocols were going to be. So there were no real surprises. I mean, every morning we had to spit in a tube, we get tested. Like we had like a list of things. We had to fill out this app, check our temperature. Like we had a bunch of things we had to do every single day and every single morning. It just became part of the routine. It was kind of just, you've got to check off a bunch of chores before you can get into, you know, your routine and into your day and into your training. Um, and unfortunately, you know, one of the one of the regulations is you couldn't really leave the village. So we were in such a beautiful country in such a wild city like Tokyo and you wanted to explore it, but you couldn't. Um, and you couldn't see other venues and you couldn't go watch or support other athletes or sports. So you were very much in your own bubble. So um, we were only in the village. We went to our venue and then back to the village. And, you know, in our downtime, we just kind of wanted to stay a little bit secluded because you didn't really want to put yourself at risk or expose yourself to the potential of getting COVID. So yeah, it just kind of forced you to be a little bit of a hermit and um, really focused on what you were there to do. Um, so which was difficult in itself, but um, yeah, I, I mean, a different experience, but again, very grateful for it. With uh, Melissa Umana Paredes here on Vibe 105 Sports Vibe Talk segment. I'm Giancarlo Lino and Aaron Zaretsky also here. And uh, just you mentioned there about what the experience was like, the COVID protocols and getting tested. I remember even before that, there was even talk that maybe the Olympics would have been postponed again, maybe canceled because of all the cases that were coming up there. Is that where you were uh, fearful of at that time? Like, did you think this Olympics was going to go through? Yeah, I did. And I think you just had to either convince yourself or just you had to have that mindset while you're training. I think it's, it can be really daunting and really difficult to go through training with those thoughts. And um, of course you had to be realistic. Like there is the potential maybe that they're not going to go through, but I think everything that we were told, all the information we were given from, you know, our, our national federation and the Olympic committee, we we were all very confident that they were going to go through. Um, And, you know, when you're training, you're training and you're training with a goal in mind. And so you can't really have that doubt in the back of your, in the back of your mind. So, um, yeah, you got to prepare if the games are going to happen and if the games aren't going to happen, you prepare the same way. And that's just kind of what we were trying to emulate the whole time throughout the whole season. We were still lucky that we had a full season to be able to compete in leading up to the Olympics. A lot of other sports I know didn't have that luxury. So we feel very privileged to have that. We were still competing around the world and playing on our international tour. So we had that competition experience and things to kind of like give us things to work towards and give us little goals along the way. So um, I think that made it a little bit easier. And also, like, what's a pathway like in uh, beach volleyball? Because I know like other sports, there's like a minor league level, then maybe uh, once they get up into the pros, but especially in beach volleyball, where you are with the pairs and stuff, like how did that, like, what's a pathway to get to uh, the professional level? Yeah, well, we have our FIVB. That's our international federation. That's our international league. And so um, it's kind of like the NBA or the NHL of beach volleyball. Um, And a typical season starts in March and goes until October-ish. So that, and then we have our off season now, essentially. Um, And yeah, so to get there, you kind of do have to work your way up. There are different tiers of levels um, for kind of, you know, the 
beginners, the, the future, the, the next generation, um, then you have kind of like the intermediate levels and then you have the professional level all on the FIBB circuit. And so um, once you're established, it, you kind of want to maintain and stay in that level, but it, it, you can drop down. And so um, it can be pretty cutthroat. Um, and then in terms of the Olympics, like you have to be in the top, I believe it's 24 teams in the world um, to be able to go to the Olympics. So that process starts two years out from the Olympics, which is crazy because I feel like in terms of Paris, which is in 2024, it's not that far away. We, I feel like we just finished Tokyo and now we're already, we have Paris on our radar. So um, we have this upcoming summer to kind of get back into the group and then Olympic qualification starts the following summer. So it's like, it's right there. So we got to start with the preps for the next Olympics really short, which is uh, pretty crazy. This is Aaron Zareski and Jacolina with Melissa Humana Paredes on Vibe 105. Uh, Melissa, um, who or what is your inspiration in becoming a beach volleyball athlete? It's a great question. Um, I do have to say my family um, specifically. I'm a first-generation Canadian. My family immigrated from Chile um, during the dictatorship. And so they, they came to Canada to kind of like, you know, have a better life for themselves and for, for their kids. And um, so I, I know that I wouldn't be here without them and I wouldn't have these opportunities afforded to me without the sacrifices that they um, had to go through and, and gave up. And so um, I'm really aware of how lucky I am to have been born in this country. And that is thanks to my family Um you know, I have a pretty like mixed family and, and my dad actually played volleyball back in Chile on the national team. When he came to Canada, he continued. Um, he actually coached at York University. He is a professor at York University um, and he got into the beach volleyball game. He actually went to the Olympics as a coach himself for beach volleyball. So growing up, I was just always around the sport um, because of him and and um, my parents were always very very supportive of whatever I chose. I ended up just falling in love with the sport. They didn't push it on me, but um, that's kind of how I got involved with the game, which a lot of people are like, how did you end up playing beach volleyball in Canada? It's a winter sport country. Um, but that, yeah, that's kind of how I got it. it I, I feel like I just, you know, came out of the womb destined to play this sport. And um, I'm lucky that I've had the opportunities and the resources um, given to me, but I've also worked very hard for it. And, and yeah, I can't see myself doing anything else right now. So, so just being around, um, just being around beach volleyball, right? So that was like the moment you would say when you decide, you know what, I want to be a beach volleyball athlete, turn pro and make it as a career. When was that moment? Yeah. Like, cause like being around, you said you were being around beach yeah. volleyball sport with your family. So was that like the moment when you decided that you want to also be a beach volleyball athlete? Yeah. I mean, like I was just surrounded by the game at a very young age. Like I was in diapers and, you know, on the beach and watching my dad coach and, and, you know, seeing all these athletes play. And it was, it was very, um, it was a very inviting environment. And um, I loved the, the family feel to it. It was very grassroots. And yeah, I was, I was taken at a very early age. Like I started competing, I think when I was 12 and then competing for Canada when I was 15. And I knew, you know, at a decently young age that, like I wanted to pursue this as far as I could and, and really take it to the next level. I wanted to become a professional athlete. I, of course, wanted to represent Canada at the Olympics. I think that's every athlete's dream. Um, so yeah, I knew pretty early on. Um, my path wasn't like completely linear, but I, yeah, um, it was definitely top of mind throughout, you know, 
high school and university and, and even middle school. And also like just mentioning that, like uh, at a young age, you knew you wanted to be in it. When was the age where you realized like, wow, you know what? I'm actually really good at this and I'm starting to get offers uh, to go to a university. Like when did that all the recruiting all start? Yeah. So um, again, I mentioned I started, I represented Canada when I was 15. I went to my very first um, international event. It was the under 19 world championships. They were in Turkey. Um, And at that time, you know, my partner and I, we were, you know, one of the top teams in Canada. That's why we got, we earned the right to go represent Canada internationally. And um, so, you know, you feel good when you're in Canada and you're like, oh yeah, you know, we're the, we're the like Canadian champs or whatever. And then you go international tournaments and you realize, oh my God, that we were at the bottom of, of the, the totem pole. Like we finished last in that tournament. And so um, it was that moment where I was like, oh, wow, we have a lot of work to do, even though back home, you know, we can be successful internationally. There's a whole other game to this. There's like another level that we have to try and get to. And so um, a few years later, I think, um, yeah, I think it was two or three years later, um, my partner and I, we ended up actually being on the podium. We finished second at um, the under 21 world championships. And so I think it was that moment where I realized, oh, okay, you know, like we can compete at this level. You know, Canada is on the map in beach volleyball and, you know, there is possibility to do this and to really make it, you know, when you stand on the podium and when you, you know, have a medal, something to show, I think you start to believe in it. And then, you know, you start to like, work for it and see yourself um, there and on podiums representing Canada, you know, at the Olympics, you start visualizing all these things and you start setting different goals and your expectations change and your standards change. And, you know, you kind of have to meet them along the way. So I think that's kind of when it started for me. Um, Yeah. I, I I think the belief in yourself comes with experience and comes with just like going through it all failures and successes. Like if if I didn't finish dead last in my first tournament, I probably wouldn't have finished second on the podium a few years later. Like I think that it all just like makes you who you are and makes your journey the way it is. And also like being at York, being a student athlete in the program there, what did you gain from that whole experience that led to you becoming this Olympian for Canada? Yeah, honestly, my experiences at York university are still the best of my life. Like I just have the best memories from my time there being a part of the York lions family is something I I cherish a lot. And it taught me a lot about, you know, teamwork and community and, um, you know, just like how to, I mean, practical skills, like time management and prioritization, which I feel like I'm still learning, but it, it, it gave me a family that I have for the rest of my life. And I'm so grateful for that. And I think um, some of the experiences that I went through with the team and, and playing varsity and being a student athlete, they taught me so much about who I am as a person and what kind of athlete I am. And it made me a better both all round athlete and person. And I think um, I owe the university and the program so much because again, like they were some of the best years of my life. And I think they really molded who I was. Those were formative years. You know, when you're in university, you're trying to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. You're trying to figure out how to, how to manage all this stuff. They're big life changes. And I think having structure um, by being a part of a team, having that community, having that support system, helping you get through it. And like knowing that there are other people going through what you might be going through and struggling and helping you out. I think that's so important to know that, you know, you have people that want to see you succeed and that are, are there to help you. And, and all you have to do is just reach out and ask for it. And I think, 
Yeah, I'm so grateful for those years and and I never I'll never forget them. I think the hardest thing for me was having to not come back to the team in my last year because I knew that if I wanted to take beach volleyball seriously, I was going to have to commit fully to that to take it to the next level. Um and that was one of the hardest things that yeah, I I had to 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 decide and um while I'm very grateful for that decision, it was it was really difficult to leave the team because again, like we were we were such a close family and those were like my sisters on that team. So when you left the team to now start professional beach volleyball, right? You need a partner. So what was that process like? Like were you told that oh you you're gonna be with this person or did you have a say in who you wanna partner with? Yeah, I think we're we're really lucky here in Canada. Our federation affords us the opportunity to be able to pick and choose who we want to play with. Um they obviously, you know, will give you some input and um you know, have you can have discussions with them and and they will give you the, their feedback, but um in Canada there aren't actually that many um beach volleyball players. Um so you kind of know who who's around. You know them quite well and um it's a it's a small pool of people. Um if you look at, you know, other countries, they might have a lot more people, but Canada in general just we don't have that big population. So, yeah, I think I think you kind of get to know and get to choose who you want to play with and who you think you'd be a good fit. And you just it's kind of like a dating, it's kind of like a marriage. You see how you fit and you see if you can like continue to do this and yeah, so I, you know, throughout the years I've had a few different partners and um I've had the pleasure of being able to choose them and and work well with them so yeah very nice and also right like you won world championship right two years ago mm-hmm. right and uh, you know also being in the olympics in tokyo this past summer have you begun training for 2024 summer olympics yeah, um, we have actually. So after the Olympics, we did take a time or we did take time off and we had one final tournament called the World Tour Finals. Um, they were in October. And so we kind of picked up shortly um, after the Olympics to prepare for this tournament and only the top eight teams in the world qualify for that event. And so we were um, one of those teams. And so it was like top of the top. It was like creme de la creme of, of the, the FIVB tour really high level. So we played in that. We finished, we finished second. We lost in the finals, which still hurts, but um, overall not a bad result. And so um, since then we've been in our off season and this is typically the time where we take a step back from the game and take some time off of the sand and from the ball. And we really put a lot of work in the gym and try and strengthen and, and get a lot of um, power back um, to maintain us for the next season. So that's kind of the phase we're in right now. But um, yeah, we're kind of like, we're going full steam ahead to, to Paris. Um, our schedule for our next, our upcoming summer competition just got released yesterday. Um, so we're now tra- starting to plan which tournaments we're going to go to. Um, we do have our world championships again this coming summer. So that's kind of the highlight of the season. That we really want to perform well at that one. But I'm also kind of recovering from a couple nagging injuries. So um, this off season, I'm taking it a little bit slower, which is really hard for me to do, but I guess it's needed and this would be the time to do it. Um, so yeah, just kind of, you know, trying to just like heal and get stronger and, and prepare ourselves for what's to come. With Melissa Mana Paredes here on Vibe 105 Sports 5 Talk segment. And Melissa, just uh, mentioning there, like you're hoping to get to another Olympics. Uh, just curious, in beach volleyball, what's a prime age? Because in other sports, it varies what the age is when usually uh, an athlete, you notice, start to maybe tail off and retire or maybe even longer than other sports. We see some sports were 40 years old. An athlete is still at the top of their game. So in your sport, what would you say the prime age would be? 
It's a really good question. I definitely think beach volleyball is an older woman's game with all respect. Um, I think, you know, it's meant for those who are a little bit more experienced, who are maybe more in tune with their body. It's also very forgiving on the body because we play in sand. It's not as damaging as maybe indoor volleyball is. So you can play this game for longer. So on average, you will see, you know, people well into their thirties playing this sport. I think if you look at the athletes, you know, who just won a gold medal at the Olympics, um, they're close to, some of them are close to 40. So yeah, I think it all just kind of depends on, on your body and, and also your mental state. Cause it's, this is not an easy thing to do. Also as females, you have to think about when you want to have a family. So that's kind of also something part that you have to like consider as part of the factor, um, and part of the equation. So I would say, yeah, I'd say early to mid thirties, it's probably, you know, prime, but you can play this game into your forties if you, if you want to. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping to play this for, for a few more years. I'm, I'm 29 right now and, and definitely want to play in a couple more Olympics. So as long as my body lets me and, and, and I still love doing this and enjoy it, then I'll, I'll keep doing it for as long as I can. That's great to hear. And like, especially now uh, when you're in the Olympics too, especially this one, it was crazy for all the athletes. How did it, you deal with that mental toll that even the pandemic made the delay from 2020 to this year, but that mental toll from even stopping your preparation and training and now even getting back in your training to go to the Olympics. Uh, like, how did you deal with that? Yeah. Really difficult to, to process everything that went on the last, you know, couple of years. I think for everybody, I think the pandemic isn't just, you know, difficult for athletes. Um, I think everyone struggled with it. And um, I think thankfully we do have resources that we're able to use. We have sports sites and we have, you know, our coaching staff and we have our federations and our teammates that we can um, talk through, but it, it, um, it was challenging. I think we did need to kind of be really adaptable and resilient. And I have to give kudos to my entire team um, being there for me and then helping me through it because it wasn't easy. We had to, you know, we I found myself training out of the my living room for the Olympics, which I never thought that I would do. And you just kind of have to put things into perspective and take it day by day. I think that really helped me um, was being very present in the moment and what I can control in that moment and and on that day um, and not trying to get too wrapped up about the future because, you know, there was a long time where the future was so uncertain and that can be really debilitating if you let it take over. But if you can just kind of like pinpoint things on that day that you want to get done, I think that's the easiest way to get through each day to start like accomplishing and reaching your goals um, and not getting overwhelmed with, you know, what could be a distraction and, and all the noise. And um, yeah, I think, you know, talking to people, being honest and vulnerable about it um, is important. And then just focusing on what you can control. This is Aaron Zeresk and Jacalina with Melissa Humana Paredes here on Vibe 105. Um, Melissa, how can like listeners, viewers uh, keep in touch with you on social media and just also to like, you know, for beach volleyball in general? Yeah, it's a great question. So you know, I'm on social platforms. I'm on the TikTok. I'm not very good at it, but um, I'm on Instagram and um, I have a YouTube channel. You can search my name. My name's super long and difficult. So, you know, good luck to you to find my name, but um, Melissa Jimena Paredes. Um, and I usually post about the journey and the behind the scenes and, you know, the glamorous side and the not so glamorous side of what we do. And I'll let you know, you know, when we're competing, where we're competing, we travel the world. And I know it does seem really glamorous, but there's a lot that goes behind the scenes. So if you want to follow along, like, please follow 
follow on, on social and stuff. But in terms of the sport, like we have amazing ambassadors for the sport, like incredible athletes. And if you follow beach volleyball world or volleyball world on Instagram, social media, we have a YouTube channel or they have a YouTube channel rather, and they stream all of our tournaments and all of our games. So you can watch it basically for free on YouTube, but you can also sign up for subscriptions if you want more like behind the scenes, but it's, um, yeah, I think it's all, it's all available. And I think what I really aim to do is to help grow the sport and to just get people aware. And so if you've ever been curious to watch, just like check it out on YouTube, follow some athletes on social media, see what it's about. I think the sport has so much potential that it hasn't untapped yet. And so hopefully this, you know, gets people interested. And I think the Olympic Games is a really great platform for the sport to grow. I think every year or every four years at the Olympics, it's one of the most popular sports, you know, in terms of viewership and in terms of um, like seats um, and fans in seats, even though Tokyo, there weren't any, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a very popular sport when it comes to the Olympics. And we just kind of want to carry that momentum to non-Olympic years as well. And just like support the sport, support the athletes um, all the time, not just around the Olympics, because, you know, this is our job and, and it's also a really, really fun, beautiful sport to watch. It's great entertainment and it's available year round. So um, yeah, definitely check them out and, and check us out and, and follow the sport. I think you'll fall in love with it the way I did. For sure. Excellent. And yeah, hopefully, right, the accessibility for the sport can grow so that, you know, it can inspire, you know, more people to watch the sport, but also too, it can inspire, you know, the next generation to uh, become beach volleyball athletes. 100%. Yeah. I think we're really trying to get, you know, younger generations, especially in Canada, involved with the sport. And I think it it teaches you so many incredible skills, whether it's beach volleyball or any sport, really. You know, I'm an advocate for encouraging, especially young girls to get involved in sports. I think, you know, it, it teaches you a lot about life and about yourself and, and builds character. So I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Well, on that note, uh, Melissa, we'd like to thank you for sharing your time and coming on here on Vibe 105, and we wish you all the best. Thanks so much. I had a blast. And now back to your Vibe, Vibe 105.